NG Meets is brought to you by NG Digital. Visit our website at www.ng-digital.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash NG Digital or follow us on Twitter at NG Digital UK. Hello and welcome to NG Meets. It's episode three in our series and we've got a fantastic show lined up for you this time round with a wonderful guest and I'll have a bit more on that in a moment. First of all though, just to let you know, you can now check out all the NG Meets podcasts now and moving forward at Podbean, the podcasting network. Go to ngdigital.podbean.com and you can check out the shows there. They'll all be being added there. Uh, we're also in the process of getting the podcast uploaded to the likes of uh, iTunes and other podcasting networks, which will hopefully make it even easier to access the show. Uh, you may already be listening to it on there. Hopefully that process is going to be happening very shortly. Uh, around that, we've got some new shows that we're working on. Um, NG Digital is moving towards more of a podcast medium. Got some great shows we're working on that we'll have more information on in the coming weeks. So, NG Meets, this week I had the chance to speak to the wonderful Lucy Kay. Now, you may remember Lucy was the runner-up in Britain's Got Talent back in 2014 when she performed an amazing rendition of the Pavarotti classic Nessendorma. Uh, those of my age, football lovers will remember that from Italia 90. Uh, the last time I'd spoken to Lucy was just after that, actually, back in 2014. So it was great to catch up, find out what she's been working on, some of the amazing experience she's had, uh, and just to see what else is lying ahead for her. Some fantastic discussion on uh, her time going on tour with Joseph, which she did two tours with, also on the fact she's taking part in Panto, uh, and just some fabulous conversation about the whole world she's found herself in. Uh, and also we talked about some of the uh, uh, work Lucy does with regards to anti-bullying campaigns, uh, something that was covered quite uh, heavily during the time on Britain's Got Talent. So it's a fantastic interview. Hopefully you'll really enjoy it. Uh, we've got some great guests coming up in future shows as well and more in the pipeline, more on that soon. But for now, sit back and enjoy an absolutely wonderful conversation with the fabulous Lucy Kay. Three years, I imagine for you, it's, it's been quite a while, a whirlwind three years since then. Yeah, no, it has. It's been a bit um, a whirlwind, you could say. Some things it, it seems like it was only yesterday, but then uh, quite I've done quite a bit as well since then. So then you think, oh my gosh, has it been really been three years since uh, I first stepped up out on stage on that show? And uh, and it, it's, it's a bit mental actually because I, I do sometimes when I'm trying to go over what I've done sometimes I miss things that I forget and it's just because I've done such a lot since then and it's amazing it's incredible but yeah sometimes I have to remind myself what 
who I've met, who I've sang with, what I've done, what I've achieved, and um, it, it, because it's ongoing, it's it's um, it's a continuous thing. It's like a little cookie maker, really. It just <laughs> continues. So um, you know, it's quite easy to get lost in all the moments that you know things that you've done. Um, but yeah, it's a very pinch yourself moment. Yes, I can imagine. I imagine that you need every so often. You just need to take sort of uh, a few minutes to to sit back and go, wow. You know, and yeah. as you say, and sort of get your head around everything because you say three years, it really, it really isn't a lot, a long time, particularly mm-hmm. like when it when you have done so much. You know, yeah. you know, you're going from one thing to another. I guess you're not stopping much either. So yeah, um, it's that's that's been quite, a, and I think that's why sometimes you can you can get lost in in what you do because you're so busy. And then I think the the odd moments where you do sit down, and you've got a couple of days off, you go wow yeah I actually did that and it doesn't it does sometimes it just doesn't seem real at the time yeah. and then you 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 sit back and think oh should I really stand on stage and, and sing there in front of 70,000 people and, and stuff like that it's just very surreal oh but I do love it <laughs> <laughs> and that that's the thing as well though isn't it these these moments are amazing but you know one of the most amazing things about them is to be able to take that time to appreciate them Yes, um, so absolutely. It, it is really important to do that, and you know, like you say because you know you don't always realise in the moment just what what exactly it is, what an amazing moment it is. No, and you can, and that's the thing with this industry. You can um, be working up to a point, and then and then it's like when I got called to um, perform with Andrea Bocelli, and I immediately was like, "What, really? <laughs> and then it came to the day, and you're so nervous. You're so focused on trying to sound good, and that you're not going. You know that you've learned everything, and that, you, that then you're meeting this person that you idolise, yeah. and is basically like opera royalty for me. Um, and and then you're there, and it's just so surreal. Uh, but you are literally trying to stay as calm as you can and as collective as, as you can, and then and then singing in front of the O2 Arena in front of twenty thousand people and deliver what you need to do and then you go off stage and you you think oh my gosh I want to do that again I wish I could do it like this or and so sometimes it can kind of cloud the um the excitement as well and the um the elation that you feel because you are wanting to smash like the best performance that you can out there so then you know because you know a lot is riding on it and you know there's people that are reviewing what you're doing and then also you're singing with someone that is insanely talented and so world famous and you, you just yeah you want to be on that level really yeah. so kind of um you do get lost in that really and um i mean yeah. so you do have to try and um make yourself you know as 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 grounded as you can yeah. and also to remember who you are and, and where you've come from and how far you've come as well yeah. yeah, definitely, and I think as well, it's you know as exciting as it is and amazing as these experiences are, they're also when you're on that stage, you are working. Yes. Yeah. So you are, you have got to be a hundred percent. You can't, you can't stand there and get you know taken in by the massive crowds, or the, you're likely to sort of completely forget that you're the one actually that they're watching. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you'll crumble completely. Yeah. Like you know, the, the minute you start thinking about it is the minute that it can either overwhelm you and make you um crumble in a sense of you go oh my gosh this is too big for me uh and, and make your nerves even worse or you 
judges on that show they they know they know what they're doing and like they i think they know the difference between i mean if, if they spot them as you say but they know the difference between a you know a good performer and a slip up and yeah. a bad you know there's a difference you know if you go on there yeah. and you're you're singing is tone deaf effectively that's that's a that's a then you've got a problem but when if you're just getting a couple of what because if the talent's there and the performance is there then you know the lyrics and things work be worked on yeah. as you say there's no there's no performer out there in well there's nobody in any walk of life that doesn't make mistakes it's just you know some of us don't have you know 20 million people watching us <laughs> but we all you know but but then you do have a you do have a boss watching us so there's yeah exactly there is, it is exactly the same it's just that we're 
we're more limelight because we're on TV and yeah. so it's for so many people in different fields and um, that and we all have opinions. It's like you know I'm watching X Factor and I've got certain opinions on some acts that you know and I think oh that wasn't great or then oh my gosh that was amazing but you know who am I to judge? Yeah, I'm a, a singer but I'm I don't have their voice. I yeah. don't. I wasn't. You know, I was trained in opera, so it's completely different. And I think people can take in this day and age a lot of things to heart as well um, when they see reviews and stuff. And I think, I think reviews, although they're great, and I and I've had my fair share of them, um, good and some not so good. When you're when you're not when you're on tour and you're having the worst night because you're either ill or you have personal family issues or things you know if you lost I, I lost my nan not so long ago and to, to sing is a very emotional thing so if you you know it's very personal it's not like yeah. playing an instrument it, this is a part of you so if there's something going on in your life that you're not happy about or that you are poorly it can have a an impact on what that reviewer is going to say about you or a reviewer can just not like you for you like you know yeah. as, a, as a performer everyone has opinions and everyone has a right so I just think it's one person's opinion and you you have to take it with a pinch of salt and sometimes you can learn from them as well so it's um it's a game really and you, you have yeah. to know how to, to play it and to learn to learn from it and to grow with it so it's it's very important for all I um we hate the bad reviews and that you can learn from them and again you can just throw them away yeah because they are one person's opinion In- interestingly yeah. on that i was listening to um an interview a couple of days ago it was with uh, kathy burke and, yes. and she yeah. was talking funny she was talking about um interviews and saying uh, sorry reviews and saying she she was talking because she goes to a lot of theater and she knows a lot of people in the theater community about how she, um, she thinks they must have to avoid them because mm. she says even if it's a, a good review it can completely change your performance. And she, she referenced, for example, if a review said a, a certain scene was really, really funny, once the okay. person in that scene's read that review, that'll probably be, it, it massively impacts their performance in that, it can impact yeah. their performance there. So you've got to be very careful and get, you know, yeah. obviously a bad yeah. review can bring you down, while a good review potentially can make you maybe complacent or, you know. It or, can, yeah, or, exactly. Like, you- I mean, I toured with Joseph for um, uh, was uh, Bill Cameron's production yeah. of Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dreamcoat, and I I toured that for two tours, um, which equal to about twelve months, and it was long. It was very, very difficult at times for the first part of the tour because I had to learn. I wasn't singing opera anymore. I was, I was belting. I was doing musical theatre, and I was teaching myself the whole way through. And the second tour I did, I was so much more um, comfortable within myself, within my voice, and and the role as well, and going completely blind into it because you know I've only ever trained opera, so um, I, you know I was against people, not against people, but with people who were trained in as actors, musical theatre, dance, everything, and um, and mine was just a very small part, which had nothing really to do with what I was I was performing on stage, um, and so it, it, you know, you I was constantly looking at the reviews 
like, oh my gosh, did that do okay? And, you know, some of them were like praising me, saying that, you know, it, it must take guts to come from something like opera into a completely new field. And then saying that they heard every word and it was brilliant. And I saw it kind of like it was very seamless. And I sewed each um, scene together because I was on stage for two hours singing constantly as the narrator. And then there was people that they didn't like your voice because you weren't musical theatre. Uh, it, it wasn't for them. Or, you know, or, they, or they, they will then put another person who's done it previously and said, I prefer this person. So therefore, everyone's different. Yeah. No one is the same. Um, and sometimes that would have an effect on me as a performer, because then I would go, oh, I need to be more like this person. But you can't, you have to stay in your own lane. And it's important not to lose sight of that. And there were certain songs like Fair Story that I would worry about the, t- the top belt. Um, and because, you know, one night I was ill and I couldn't get that note. Yeah. And so the word pitchy was in, uh, in a review. It wasn't a bad <laughs> review. Saying obviously she was unwell, it was a bit pinchy on on that note, but she she got it in the end. And from then on, for the for the next four months, I constantly was just thinking about that note, and I let it overtake the whole of my Joseph experience and made me worried, gave me anxiety. And now now I'm here and I've got through the second tour. I've gone. Do you know what? That was the worst thing I could have done was to. Um, completely zone in on on a a single comment that wasn't even really a particularly bad one but i i made my life hell for me as if i was punishing myself for the fact that i was ill once and it didn't sound too great you know um and and so it can it can have a a real impact on you as a performer and if you do do good ones you think yeah yeah got this (laughs) and then and then suddenly you've got a bad review again because then you've have got complacent so it's it's it is hard and i think it's it's better better to avoid them not completely but instead of reading them every night once you've come off stage i think that that could be uh, quite detrimental to your your how you perform and as a performer as well of course but i guess the thing with that is obviously i guess that's something that you can only learn through time because all of us obviously especially when you start out in anything you want to know what people Thing. And they, it's very difficult to to resist, you know, the Absolutely. urge. I mean, that's one of the reasons that things, social media and things are so uh, sort of popular, yeah. isn't it? Because people want to know what people think about what you say or what you do. And that's yeah, that I mean, again, with social media, it's kind of like sometimes, um, apart through the tour, I wanted to come off social media for a bit and have a little bit of a break because it's constant. Mm. And, um, and if you're not feeling great mentally... Um, Know, you just want to you don't want to see people's comments you don't really want to talk to people as much because you're going through a hard time because you may have lost someone in your family yeah. or something and it, it's and it's a very difficult time but if I got rid of all my social media and said I'm gonna have a break no one would know what I was doing um, I couldn't sell myself as a performer anymore um, you would you would basically take, take quite a big step back yeah. and then you'd have to try and build it back up again so it's important for me to always keep my social media active and going so people don't kind of forget uh, you as an artist um, and and also to keep people informed on, on where your latest gig is and what you're doing next and if they obviously want to buy tickets then the ticket sales are 
or linked to the so-so or, or, or whatever. So it's, it is important, but it but also it comes with its backlash on oh, yeah. what people think to the performances. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, uh, as you say, I mean, I've obviously I've, I've seen your sort of Twitter account and you, like I said, you're quite... Um, quite often on there you use it quite a lot and you you often there's a lot yeah. of you, you know pictures of behind the scenes or events you go to and things like that it's great yeah. because it it allows people almost a, a sort of connection that was never possible before but yes absolutely in some instances and you we see this in other areas but it, i think there's an element that it also gives certain people an almost feeling like they almost own these celebrities and these people yeah. um, as you can see from the backlash and any time anyone does even the slightest you know, there's no anyone does anything, even the mildest mistake, and the backlash can be so instant and so angry because everybody can attack them yeah. now, can't they? It's... Yeah, and I think that's the I think that's the sad thing. Like, social media is amazing. It lets people gives them an insight into your life and what you're doing, and basically like a backstage tour of your life, and that is kind of what you what you get, and and it is fabulous because you can connect with them in ways that you never could do before. Yeah. And then they feel ultimately a bit closer, and you feel a bit closer to them as well. So you get to know certain people. I've got quite a few people who are avid um, supporters and fans, and and um, and I will know them when I see them at gigs, and I'll say hi. And to them, for them, it's it's great. But also for me, because I know that they almost feel like family. It's really nice. But then you get the other extremes of. if you do something with your hair, if you do something with a certain type of makeup, like um, there is one of my, um, I had to defend myself on a, a post, and it was a very nice, um, it was a, a, a guy put on my Facebook post, me when I went to uh, see uh, Daddy's Home 2 at the gala screening, um, he just put hashtag Botox, and I was like, Botox, I was like, I'm only in my 20s, and I know certain celebrities do it, like Towie and that, but I was like, I've got better things to spend my money on, um, and I, but I had to, I thought, I can't have that, and I looked at the photo, and I thought, do you know what, I see what it means, but what I did was, I wasn't wearing my heavy makeup, yeah. now I'm very kind of gothic in, in my looks, and in a sense of, I've always liked darker clothes, the dark eyeliner, and the dark hair, um, and in this one, I just had the tiniest corner eyelashes on, no eyeliner, um, and the, a bit of foundation, and um, and obviously I had a bit of a shine to my face, um, and uh, and obviously the camera lights and everything they emphasised that you know that obviously where the lights are and what it's hitting, and uh, on this particular photo, it kind of does look like. Well, I felt, not both, that's why I thought I'd had like a, a facelift, which was really <laughs> nice, because I was like, oh, I was like, there we go. Um, but it was just, it was the way that obviously the, the picture had pixelated, but also the corner eyelashes made my eyes a bit more closed look, a bit more oriental in a sense. And um, and I do look at the photo and think, yeah, that does, it does look like me, but it kind of... I do see where he's coming from. So I had to just say to him, no, actually, I was trying a, do- a different makeup <laughs> technique. I said, maybe that one's not for me. Um, and because people have, have seen you in a different light then, and, you, and they've seen you wearing not as much makeup or something that enhances the corner of your eyes, which makes you look like you've had possibly a bit of work done, uh, that it, it, it's kind of funny because 
you learn what you, what makeup you can use, yeah. what you can't, and what people like, and they like what they know. And it's like I went, I dyed my hair red once, and people were like, "Oh, you've lo- you've lost that striking look." And all I wanted was to just 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 a bit of fun, dye my hair yeah. a different colour, and you know, and uh, but now you know, if you, and it's just very difficult because people have an opinion on on what you look like yeah. and um, if I lose like my weight fluctuates and if I lose a bit of weight people go oh my gosh she's on a diet she's doing that celebrity diet and I'm not it's just I naturally fluctuate and sometimes I get quite big and then sometimes I don't I get quite skinny um, and I can't stick to a diet I eat crap it's <laughs> but then sometimes when I'm on a job don't eat as regularly as you'd like to because you're running here there and everywhere traveling wherever and it's just you know and if you you're running up and down stairs like in joseph Lowell, just constantly running up and down the stage um stairs then you know you're gonna be working obviously your food off as well so you, you will tone up a bit more but no I'd, i've just cancelled my um gym membership actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh there's no chance of that but yeah and you get a thing you get people that are just like who are you and you're like yeah but you, I wouldn't expect you to know who I was as a performer because I'm classical opera really yeah. and you're um, and, and it's like a, 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 a lad who supports football so of course it's not gonna you know so you get people that can be not cyberbullying but that's a lot of that comes from I've not had a lot of it at all but you get the odd keyboard warrior of course and, uh, yeah just gets a bit boring really because if you if you met that person in uh, real life you they'd probably be really quite polite to you so uh you know it's just you have to take it and you have to have thick skin where social media um, well you know yeah. is concerned it's as i mean you know you only have to you know pay attention to the news for five minutes to see the problems that with that on social media don't you yeah, um, you know particularly you know we've seen sort of the abuse that's been aimed at politicians and things like that um, oh, and yeah. obviously and, the frame of anonymity I think causes part of that um, mm. problem because it's so easy I mean to to hide behind it and like you said keyboard warrior um, yeah. it's like you said I mean I, I sometimes find I use Twitter a lot and to be perfectly honest I couldn't do any of this stuff I do without social media because it opens up avenues that you know yeah, I'd need exactly. to have been you know funded by like a big media company to have that kind of reach back back you know years ago but there are times so i spend quite a lot but there are times it's just it can be quite depressing reading through it and um twitter more than facebook because i think because twitter opens you up to more people facebook you can be quite careful about who can go on there and who can see your things and whose stuff you see while twitter's far more open and instant and reactive yeah so, and uh, you could be anyone on, on Twitter. Again, you, yeah. You can just make up a fake account. Whereas you can make a fake account on uh, on Facebook. But to be honest, there's not a lot of that. Um, but Twitter is just so simple and so yeah. easy to just put a comment on. So. Mm. And now you can put twice as much in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Advantages and disadvantages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but as you say, but obviously it's say it's also opens up you said much better you know chances to communicate and share and i noticed you uh you'd been to um i think it was, it was the london 
uh, oh, the London lifestyle one. Yeah. yeah, it's my good friend uh, Jason Gale. Um, he is uh, he runs that, and um, it's a fabulous um, night where we celebrate the best of London and the best um, businesses in in town, and what really the the people that make London what it is. And um, you can love and hate it. I have a love hate relationship with. London travel, especially sometimes I hate it. <laughs> I've seen some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, but, but it's it's thriving, and it is where the work is for me. I had to of move course. from Glasgow, and uh, and and now I live just outside in, in Hertfordshire. So it only takes me nineteen minutes to get in by a train. So it, into London. So it's better than you know the three, four. No, it was about four, four or five hours journey from, uh, from Glasgow. Yeah, <laughs> it's far enough from from Nottingham. Never mind Glasgow. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So it's uh, but the, the London lifestyle is just brilliant. It's nice to go and support things like that. This is my first time being a guest at it. Actually, um, I mean, I've I've always gone to it as a performer um, or a presenter, yeah. and it was it was so nice this time to just go and watch people being celebrated for what they can offer and put to the London city table and um, and enjoy a nice three-course meal and some drink, which if I was performing, I couldn't eat. Yeah, of course. <laughs> make me feel very sick. And also, I couldn't get drunk, so... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it has its advantages as well. But, um, but, yeah, it was a good night. Of course. I think, as well, um, you know, it's, it's good to be able to celebrate, as you say, the, the great... You know, great things that London offers because it's it does get you know as you say a lot of people have a love hate relationship but also this year there's obviously been uh, some terrible moments in London yeah, with, you know with the attacks and things so it's nice to be able to you know celebrate to come together and to celebrate together. yeah yeah I think that's important you're listening to NG Meets on NG Digital Follow us on Twitter at NGDigitalUK or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash NGDigital. Now, back to the interview. So is it how different is it then sort of living just outside London to what it was like living up? Sort of, I mean, obviously Glasgow is a busy, you know, vibrant city, but as you say... Yeah, I mean, I loved Glasgow and uh, it was... Uh, where I, I learned my most of my craft towards the end before I started uh, Britain's Got Talent. That's uh, where I graduated, and it was a place that I lived and called home for six years. Um, and then, and then obviously you, you start to work out that it's very difficult getting to uh, to work every day from Glasgow. Yeah. You work London, and you have a London-based agent and manager. So, um, and I remember the day that they told me that I needed to move, and I was like, oh no, this is my home, I can do it, I can travel. And I actually did it for a year, and that killed me off as to how how difficult travelling, especially on the night train or the flights. Flights are it's dead easy, it's like, what, 40 minutes, but you've got the two-hour waiting mm. time, you've got to get to the airport and that, so, and then you've got to get out again, and then you've got to get through London, so... It, it, it wasn't a healthy lifestyle to be living. Um, so I, I moved here um, in Hertfordshire, nearer to my sister, actually. She's the only bit of family that I've got nearer London. So um, we 
he lived five minutes one week from now and a lovely flat which I live with my partner and uh, and our housemate as well so and we're very we're all theatrical based yeah. but, um, music musician opera musical theatre dancers so we uh, so we have a very very loud and happy <laughs> flat that we live in um, and it's brilliant you know and I can drive my car to the station and then get the train in and it takes me 90 minutes as I say on the fast train and it's just brilliant yeah it's a, it's a it's a different lifestyle it's it's more expensive yeah um and but you know it, it's brilliant it's so being so close to my place of work and i live a bit out in the kind of more country-esque side than 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 city side because i'm not i'm not a city girl and i think when i lived in glasgow i tried to be a city girl but i couldn't and then um <laughs> And even now, when I go to events, I'm always sneaking off early because I just, I mean, I was sat, when I was at the London last night, I was, my sister, she, she was, <laughs> we were looking at each other and we'd had a bit to drink and we'd had the meal and that and then, uh, and we were celebrating, obviously, all the winners, it was fabulous. And, and then I, I just kept saying to her, do you know what, I think my PJs are calling me. And she was like, <laughs> I know, and a cup of tea and a chocolate bar. And literally, that is that is what I love to do when I have my time off, which is not very often, but when I do, it's a full onesie, cup of tea, and a big massive galaxy <laughs> and some, some TV. <laughs> so um, I was longing for that, and I do at every, every event. I just think, oh, I could be snuggled up at home right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, I mean, I often, I think I find with things like that, it's, it's not so much the events, but it's the, it's the knowing you've got that, that travel bag, especially if it's a late night event, and yes. often oh, yeah. I'll be at an event and I'll be thinking, oh, I've got a, you know, I've got to jump on the tram and it's a forty minute journey, and yeah. I could be at home already. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Or oh, you could fall asleep on the um, on the train, which I've done before. Oh, and right. Ended up somewhere else, <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh no! And that was when I first moved over here, and I had no idea where I was. <laughs> I was coming back from an event, and I was just so tired. And then the minute you fall asleep, that's it. And then uh, we kicked off the train, and I was like, brilliant. I don't know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it, it, it is, it's great when you're there, but then, you know, you've got to come back. Or, it, you know, it, so it's easy to get a hotel in London. But then again, it's like, no, if you want your own home comforts, and you want to be home, course, and yeah. then you've got to get back the next day anyway, even if you do stay in a hotel. So, yes. <laughs> I think, like you say, the that that being able to go home at the end of the day as opposed to go somewhere just to stay is such a difference isn't it yeah and i mean when we tour um obviously with with joseph or other shows it's um i mean you're spending a week at a time in a, in a different hotel for six seven months and you, you kind of like lose track of like where you are and there's so many people that oh I've sung in that theatre but I could I couldn't tell you where or oh, I've sung in that city yeah. I don't know where where what theatre I was at because you literally just go from you're a bit numb in a sense to where you are and who you're performing for because it's, it's a conveyor belt and um, and then you just miss your home comfort so as soon as I got off the tour oh my gosh I'm at home and I was just smiling and I was just sat on my sofa like snuggling up with my blanket like this is amazing like I've never <laughs> ever been in a house before so <laughs> so um yeah I don't 
do, I do love it. And um, it, it's, it's just nice to be yeah. back where, where your base is. Um, even if it's just for a day, it's the best. I think it's, it's the best medicine for, for a healthy heart and, uh, and mind and yeah. soul. So, yeah. So, you talking about that, you're, you're starting or you're about to start the, uh, the Panto again down in pool is it yes it is i'm uh, i am well i'm not playing i played princess jasmine last year so i was princess which was, was very nice very glamorous yeah. and then um and i'm still going down the glamour route but i'm going for a, a little bit more of a, a bigger spoken part which is fairy godmother in cinderella um i was offered cinderella um but um and they said, but we can see you as a, like, quite a funky fairy. And I was like, absolutely. And yeah. so I have my comical bits um, and I open the show and, you know, I'm there throughout the whole of it, which is quite different to some um, some castings of Cinderella where they'll, they'll just have the fairy godmother come on at a certain point, which is obviously when she makes the uh, the pumpkin into a yeah. carriage. Um, so, but this time I'm um, they've taken a bit bit more um and and put me into the beginning and i open the show and and then i'm there throughout the whole story i keep bobbing up here and there and then the big transformation scene and then in the end i kind of i run on in this really um i can't say what it is but a really extravagant outfit which i'm really looking forward to but i will have a blonde wig for this so i'm very excited to the end of the show um with my big reveal which should be fun um and yeah, it's just, it's another part of my job, which I absolutely adore, because you get to have so much fun on stage, and you can be a little bit naughty as well, yeah. because obviously you've, you've got the adults there, which are, they, they find the humour, um, the tongue-in-cheek humour, and then also, if you forget your lines, it's okay, because it's panto, and they expect course, that, yeah. and sometimes that's the funniest thing, um, when we do kind of like corpse on stage, and and. You, you just lose your mind a bit because you've, you've done it so many times and then one minute you just someone will say something or you'll hear a noise and it's just you lose it so it's brilliant um, and it's Christmas time so everyone's jolly and um, and then once you've sang the song about 10 million times you you hate them for the rest <laughs> of the year <laughs> oh yeah I was wondering what because obviously it's obviously you, when you go on tour you're performing a lot and yeah. panto is is a very intense it's sort of like a month thing but it's a lot isn't it in that month because it i mean is, it's yeah. it's just, it's such a, it's like a really it's a very british thing the panto that i think confuses yeah. a lot of other people but it's it is like almost a christmas institution and but it is so it is all focused in those sort of five six weeks around christmas but yeah so how how do you keep yourself so like you said once you've done three four weeks and you're going out and doing how difficult is it to or do you just have to, have to keep yourself sane yeah um, <laughs> it's very difficult i think you have to um you have to just let yourself completely go and let yourself be mental and just um embrace the whole of christmas embrace the uh, the songs that you're going to be singing over and over again Last year, um, the opening show was uh, Jess Glynn, Darling, Hold My Hand. And every time I hear that on an advert, I turn it off because I'm like, oh, <laughs> And it, it is literally, it is not mind-numbing. But what you have to remember is that these children and families have not seen this um, of course. Be- before. And it's a new performance every time you do it. 
no matter how much you think I'm going to go insane if I sing that anymore. I mean, I did two tours of Joseph, which were um, <laughs> in itself singing the colours and the brothers' names over and over again, ten shows a week, three on a Saturday. It's just obscene. And so you you have to remember that these children have never seen you before. Yeah. They've ne- they don't know that you're the fairy godmother yet, even though you do. And you go, oh, here we go again. They don't. So you have to make it so special each time you walk out on stage. And I think that's a sign of a, a good actor or actress yeah. is that you, you can go out there and give that performance as if it was the first time they'd ever seen you. And um, I think it's very important. But I think, you know, it's like a little family um, panto. And I absolutely love the rehearsal process, except I'm going to be missing three three days of the rehearsals because I'm in uh, Brussels doing a corporate event. So oh. I, feel, I feel a little bit annoyed at that because, you know, even though that's my fault, it's my job, uh, you know, I'm here, there and everywhere. But I, um, I feel... You know, that's the time where everyone really bonds and that. But, I mean, we already have done because we've had, um, like, obviously the Panto press launch. And then we went for drinks on the River Thames the other day. And um, we all got a little bit sovelled. And <laughs> it was it was brilliant. And, and you form those friendships. And me and Lucy, Lucy Jane Quinlan, she is uh, playing Cinderella. And uh, we're sharing an apartment together. Yeah. So it's really nice and we've already discovered our love for cheese um, <laughs> and wine so that is going to be a regular occurrence I think really? <laughs> yeah so they're all great yeah and of course we're, I think one of the obviously one of the things with Panto that you perhaps don't you obviously perhaps don't get in, in other shows of course is there's a there's a whole different element of um, interaction with the crowd and the audience yeah. that you, you don't get at a, you know at a, at something like Joseph, some some shows do have, but not Panto. It's a, it is an all inclusive event, isn't it? Panto, the crowd. Oh, are and it's it's much more free for all kind yeah. of thing uh, with Panto. So you'll get the people that will shout out. You get the children that are so excited, and so you have to be prepared for every eventuality. And then um, and that's what makes it even more special because you never know what you're going to get. You never know if you're like I start the show and. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a very godmother, and I'm like, you can cheer if you like. And, you know, if you don't get any cheerers, well, you know, you've got to uh, then improvise yeah. on what you're going to say next. And and it's also got to be funny enough, because if you don't grab them at the first moment that you're on stage, then you've already lost them. Of course. Uh, so it's a, it's a particularly hard job, Panto. Um, <laughs> I've learned it is, it is difficult. So this, this role is going to be more challenging for me than it ha- ever has been because you could be a pretty little princess and you don't have much to say oh Aladdin I need you to save me but this one is I'm their pal they've got to be really excited every time I walk on stage they've got to love me and if I don't emote that in the first you know few seconds that I'm on um, you know then, then we've lost all hope really because the fairy godmother should be loved um, and uh, you know so it's yeah, so it's just been prepared for, and especially like children that we work with, all the babes on stage, sometimes they get stage fright and sometimes we'll end up with a little bit of piddle on the stage, which is great. <laughs> I nearly I nearly <laughs> fell over and broke my neck oh. <laughs> because we were doing the um, the curtain call and we run down and um, everyone's like, give it up for the prince and princess, you know, and and I remember Joe McCarter going, this pee. This Pete and I couldn't understand what he said. I thought he said this Pete. 
was Pete. And I was like, who's Pete? <laughs> and he literally just, I was going to stand on it and slip. And he dr- managed to just drag me out of the way as I was walking down the raked stage. And um, and then I could smell it. <laughs> and I went, oh, Pete. And we're like waving to the audience. And I'm like trying to, yeah, show Joe that I know. And I'm like, oh, it's pretty good to teeth. Oh, yes. There's me on the stage. Just, <laughs> oh, it, and so they're the things that Panto that actually are, you would hate for them to happen in a in real life performance, of you know, course, in a yeah. musical, but in a Panto they're almost welcomed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, that was it. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been a very pleasant, but it would probably would have got a massive laugh. <laughs> yeah, so. everyone laughs. I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant. That's the brilliant thing about it because you are constantly laughing every day. There is something that you know. Um, last panto, they, they had a big elephant um, came in. Uh, obviously, it wasn't real, but um, Joe was sat on the top of it, and uh, the tusk fell off. Um, and then one of the, uh, I think it was Lisa Riley, started swishing it about like a lightsaber. So it was just, you know, and the audience are beside themselves because it's just all the things that go wrong are the best. Yeah. Things. So um, I'm not I'm not sure that's what Panto originally was supposed to be like. It's supposed to be funny, but all yeah. the actual added bits. Um, I think that's what the audiences look for these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, because one of the things that surprised me always amazes me is is the kind of people that you get into Panto. Um, I mean, we we went to uh, one at the Theatre Royal a couple of years ago, and they had David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. um, playing Hulk, and it, I mean the be- some of the best things about that as an as an adult who obviously grew up, you know, with Night Rider yeah. and things like that, was the little bits where they dropped in the theme tunes from yeah. the mention, you know, Kit Kit appearing and things like that, and obviously the yeah. we, I, you know, we took the kids along and they lo- they loved all the they were they kept going who is he because that's why like, but you know it was Peter Pan and so you had all of that but. I think that, and it's, uh, we've been to like the Playhouse one as well a, a couple of times, which is always oh, yeah, a, a yeah. much smaller, but really, always really funny. And it's the things where um, they throw in the sort of, the cultural or the current sort of on-topic moments and things like, yeah. uh, we went to one of the Playhouse and middle of it, they just started playing that Fox song, um, oh, yeah. which I'd, I'd avoided until then, wish I'd still been able to. But I think, I mean, of course that went down with the kids, that went down massive, you know, because it was, yeah. and I think, like you say, it's it's a it's a strange thing, the, the panto, but it's it, it perfect sort of encapsulates Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's very traditional, but it's so modern as well. With obviously the bits that you've got the traditional elements, and then they bring the modern things in for each performer who's like the the guest star performer, or yeah. what's what's all the hit with the kids down at the moment like obviously the children do dabbing and stuff of like course, that yeah. And, yeah so it's kind of you know and that's what I love because it's hilarious the kids go crazy for it but then you've got you know the stuff that parents absolutely love as well it's just I think it's brilliant yeah. it's very it's very I mean I think sometimes it's maybe not given anywhere near the appreciation it deserves because it's actually when you you sit and watch it and it is silly and it is fun but it's very clever because as you yeah. say, it's it's it could get away, it panto could probably get away with just being silly for the kids, and the parents would sit yeah. there and go, "What well, the kids are doing?" But it doesn't. It it does. You know, I whenever I've gone, I've loved it as much as the kids yeah. because it is clever and it, it's almost like sort of in a it's sort of similar to 
the sort of modern animation stuff in that yeah, it's yeah. although it's it feels like a kid's thing it, it always remembers that there's adults there and makes sure they like get Moana. something yeah the <laughs> amount of people that love the disney film Moana and, yeah you know, when, I thought, when i first said it, it was like a children's film i watched it and i sobbed and i laughed and i'm going gosh she's got rock in it and, you know, yeah kids and that up the wall with that <laughs> I'm far more I'm, I mean I, I'm far more probably far more into it than any of them and I've I got you know I'm now in that stage as well that whenever they they sort of thank me for anything I sing you welcome at them which oh, you know they're, they're they're sick to death of that now <laughs> but, but yeah I mean yeah I think I love that you know I'm, I'm a big fan of that I mean I'm a bit of a um for the rock anyway i love his stuff so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah and uh, having grown up i grew up watching him in the wrestling as well so yeah no well, i did as well when he was he was doing it in wwe yeah and stuff. i loved that so um and then seeing going obviously into films and stuff i loved it in the mummy and you know it, it's brilliant so yeah. yeah and they did all his um his sort of little disney run <laughs> the tooth fairy it was a strange one i know oh it's The panther, obviously, you, that that runs on, and you were talking about how much you enjoy sort of going home. But that's obviously for the next for the month or so. That's not going to be, I guess. I mean, I'm not massively familiar with the geography down there, so I don't know how. But you you did mention that you're going to be staying in an apartment down there, so it's back in yes. that living away from home a bit again, I guess. Yeah. So we'll we'll be staying um, in Paul until. Um second week in January um, so uh, and obviously I'm going to Brussels before that yeah. so um, which is, is I like doing corporates and stuff there's something that's just completely different to obviously touring and uh, the, your one-off gigs which are really good and um, and you're, you're performing in your own right so you do your own sets of songs yeah. for, for obviously for a client that's booked you and um um, yeah, and it's it's really nice because you get, you get kind of treated like you know, like I still think oh, they're like oh we'll get you a five star hotel and and travel and all expenses paid and we'll get you a limo from here and there and I'm like really I just you know I get the tube it's <laughs> <laughs> fine um but, you know and they're like no you you must and what's your rider so you know what do you want in your dressing room and all I ever ask for is like 
you need it the more people want to give it you <laughs> sort yeah, of thing I know. And, and that's and that's something that the mind does boggle and 
and you, you, I suppose you have to go with it. But, but also the good thing about being in the limelight is that you can make a difference also. Of course, yeah. So there, there, there is, there is good and bad to all of it. And um, you know, if you can make a difference, like with the anti-bullying campaigns and stuff um, that I've managed to work on as well, all the events that I go to 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 help. Um, there's one I was meant to go to actually, but I can't because I'm away in Pancho. But it's for children, uh, um, bereaved children. Um, children that have, have suffered um, sexual abuse or yeah. bullying or in poverty and there's a place that they get a bit of respite um, and, and, and a place that they can go to and uh, take a week out and just forget, have fun yeah. and live a normal life, you know, for, for a while. Um, and and that is something that I wish I could go to to support, but obviously I'll send my best wishes and, yeah. and things that helped me promote it but it's um it's always going to these awards and and events that actually make you realize just what these people you know go through what these children go through and obviously nurturing children's um you know lives and 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 also their their futures is what i'm all about because that's how we develop as a world because of the next generation and if they don't get the education that they need all the love and care and support that they need, then um, it, we're going to live in a pretty corrupt world sooner or later. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it's very important to, to be a part of, especially the, the children charities, because they are they are our future. So, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm a big believer in, in, in things like that and, and, and obviously, you know, uh, and nurturing um, children for... Obviously, you've got children. I, I haven't as of yet, but... But, you know, obviously when I do, I know I'll, I will feel a lot more stronger about that and uh, and you'll want the best for your children. Yeah. So if I can do that with charities at the moment and, and really use, say, your name for something um, worthwhile, I think that's important rather than using your name just for a, a clothing brand yeah. or something. As great as that is, it's nice, isn't it? But it's, it's not really making a change. So Definitely. I mean, and obviously... Yeah, we. When I spoke to you last time, obviously we talked a lot about your your work with uh, anti-bullying and obviously some mm. touched on some of the issues you had growing up because that was obviously why you were living in Nottingham yeah. and things like that. But I, I've also noticed uh, today because it's actually I think it's anti-bullying week this week because yeah. uh, yeah. one of, yeah. one of my lads has gone off. They did they've done a thing at school where they're going odd socks. I think um, which you think I mean I, I don't really get it because I'm. I'm I do that all the time anyway, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I guess that's just symbolising yeah. the um, obviously the it, it's all right to be different, yeah, and to you know because that that's where I felt most of my pain was that I felt completely different to other people in my class, and I was alienated for being different. But at the end of the day, what is different? Yes, we, we, I mean we all are not the same. Of course. No one is. And even like identical twins, they've got different mindsets yeah. and what they like. You know, so there is no one in this world that is exactly the same and in tune completely down to taste or whatever. So, you know, and I just think it's it's, it's awful that the, the world is, you know, corrupt with people that have ideas on who, who should be allowed to to be in here and who who should not who should get the promotion who should not for looking who you know for looking different for thinking different for being completely different to yourself i just think it's i think it's 
think it's wrong and I think the, the whole racism thing is yeah. I think it's sick I think it's ridiculous that people are so blase and um and and think that it's all right to say oh well because they're Muslims they're going to blow up you know yeah. whatever or they they are and you know obviously because of the media um is great in one aspect and then not so in the other it portrays you to think these people are bad people and I've got Muslim friends and they're not bad people there is it's just a stigma that's now unfortunately attached to them yeah I because mean because of the events that have unfolded in the world with war it's it's no different to anything you know there are there are bad people in every walk of life there are good people in every walk of life aren't they and you know I think and you talked about um you know how much trouble you had at school because of as you said uh, yeah. feeling different but I think one of the things we have to remember with that as well is that the kids are getting that because that's what society's and, and not, which is our, I guess, our responsibility as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what we're setting. It's the, it's us that are setting the kids. Mm-hmm. You know that are saying this isn't okay. This is different. As, you know, kids inherently when they start school, they don't they don't have any of that. Do they? You know, they go they learn in that. As you say, yeah, a exactly. lot of it at the moment. Unfortunately, you know, I think um, social media. Obviously, there's a lot of concern there about the impact that's having on children um it's like when when we are born we are born with nothing but love and need yeah. for others um we aren't born with hate in in ourselves and that is that is only what we we live and learn learn about and especially at school and um or at home and i find that a lot of things that i went through with bullying is that some of the people that bullied me weren't wasn't because it was me that they they disliked for a particular reason they were probably some were jealous but there was also a lot of uh, detrimental things back at home that was going off in their life and that yes. the only way that they could control or get that out was by you know controlling someone else and and uh, and basically giving power to themselves by picking on the weakest and I know that you see that in my animal documentaries and stuff that they'll obviously in a family they're the weakest you know they'll probably leave behind because they can't afford to you know take that risk or you know and they'll only look after their their strongest and and it is a part of nature but at the end of the day there is you know whatever background you are from you 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 learn from yeah you can you can learn from an abusive father or mother you and then you take that with you in school you could be bullied by your brother so therefore you bully someone else in order to feel better about yourself and to be feared because that's what you feel that you need to be not weak and it's um it's a fight and it's it's not great and um i'm not a fan of it but you know there's there's times where you have to stand up for yourself as well but it's also i think important in in these aspects to realize that there's a lot of lot of things that we don't know that the bully is actually yeah. going through back at home and of course and yeah I think it's important to be sensitive to that also yes of course and i think as well i think one of the things i find is and this this particularly um relates to where you've got children with disabilities and you know learning problems is um mm-hmm. there's a there's an aversion a lot of the time among parents kids will ask about things like that because kids are inquisitive and so many times you'll hear someone, and I've got a, a son who's got um, Tourette's syndrome, 
and it yeah. means he has a lot of ticks and things like that so when you're out about mm-hmm. and people will ask you know a child will ask the parent and rather than trying to explain that the parent will just sort of turn them away and say oh no don't look don't so those those kids all those kids see mm-hmm. then is oh someone different well if you sit down and you know we always try you know to explain things like that obviously you know you've got i think you, you do approach it differently if you've been in the situation yeah. of having a, a child but even, but even yeah. so, I think, and that's, there's a sort of a, this, this fear about explaining things like that to children as if they can't understand it. But of course, yeah. then all they see is someone different and they don't understand mm. why that child is is different. Exactly. And I, think, you know, and I think that because they don't understand, then they're, they're, they are completely compelled to think that that's completely different. Yeah. And they don't understand anything about it. So then their, their judgment is based on that. And it's, until you learn from it and you learn about it and um, and, and learn that also it's, it's completely normal. There is a, a big percentage of people with disabilities in the world. Yeah. Um, and they range, you know, from severe to minor. But they still, you know, I, I think everyone's got something, you know, within themselves that, that is something that, Others, others can't do what others yeah, can do, and and you know I I'm so dyslexic, it's you know it drives me up the wall sometimes, yeah. and I had to have help at uni for that, you know certain things, and and even when I'm learning scripts or I am taking instructions from someone, if they tell me in a different way, especially with my dancing because um, I find it really difficult to coordinate sometimes. It's just I find it like and unless they tell me in a different way then I won't get it and it's a different way for me and it's a different way for everybody else you know but that's just how my mind works and so if I am taught something in a different way it will I will know just as much as the next person it's just it's just how that information then enters your brain yeah and uh, especially uh, I was at school and I had um, a friend called Timothy he had Down syndromes uh, disease and, and he was just lovely and I, I loved the bones of him and I just thought I don't get people that, that take the mick and find it funny because I just they are and they and they, they, they scrutinise these people for being different or oh, they shouldn't shouldn't work in this they shouldn't do yeah. that and it's like why tell them that they can't have a normal life because they they, they have a disease or something that, that's unfortunately they were born with and it's not you know, and they're perfectly happy. There's nothing wrong with them. You know, it's our society that deems there's something wrong with them. Yeah, so, um, definitely. You know, and they're, they're just normal people. Like Tim would get on and just do normal things that everyone else does. And he never, ever, ever let the fact that he had got a disability or that he just had a condition and, you know, and I think, you know, affect him. And I think that as soon as someone's labelled, I think it's very to, to judge we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, of course and, and obviously eventually you know they that impacts that that person doesn't it because you know yeah. any of us can only take so much of being told something before you start to think well maybe that is you know that is right yeah. or um yeah so um but me, I'm, I'm going I'll let you go soon because it's <laughs> I know you've got you've got <laughs> things right. to do this afternoon um, and now I've got to go to school on soon. <laughs> um, but so you've got um, the panto 
that's going to keep you going now till January, early January. Yeah. How does that, so you, you'll be staying in pool, how does that sort of impact you over Christmas? Do you get a chance to come back home for Christmas sort of thing? Well, for a few I'm days? spending Christmas in, uh, in pool because we only get Christmas Day off and it's oh, a bit it of a just, drive yeah. to come back here. So um, I think my mum and dad are coming uh, over to see me so they might stay over with me um, and then I said and if, they do, if they don't stay over with me that night then um, I'll probably go and use my uh, resource, resources somewhere else and and um, and give someone else a Christmas that they they couldn't ultimately have like and go to work at a uh, yeah. homeless shelter mm-hmm. and um, use my time effectively rather than sitting on my own and not helping yeah. and help others so um, I'm very active in, in that like a will you do like a sort of a delayed Christmas get together type thing then maybe in January that well everyone's doing Boxing Day um, so I probably won't I'll probably you're a panther the rest yeah. of the Yeah. 
and they're just one-offs so you know you never know there might be a tour that would be a spin-off from it but it's uh, nice that we get to all come together and celebrate and uh, Myling Class is hosting it as well so it, it's going to be a really good day and I'm really Excellent. looking forward to getting back to seeing everybody yeah. uh, again <laughs> So there you go, a massive thanks to Lucy Kay for taking out some time out of a very busy schedule to have a chat with us. I thought it was a really interesting interview, covered some fantastic topics, great to speak about. And it's always a bonus when there's a bit of uh, mutual love for the rock thrown in. Um, if you enjoyed that show, please get in touch, let us know what you think. Uh, any suggestions on, uh, on guests and things going forward, any thoughts on today's show? I'd love to hear what you think about NG Meets as a whole. Got some great guests coming up. If you've not already listened, you can check out the previous shows with uh, Royal Family co-writer and poet Henry Normal. That was episode one and episode two was Notts County's all-time record goalscorer Les Brad. Both fantastic shows, as was this one. Hope you really enjoyed it. We'll be back soon with another episode of NG Meets with more great guests. We'll be announcing them soon. We're just finalising dates and things to get them sorted. In the meantime, do get in touch. We're always on the lookout for ideas. We're also on the lookout anyone that's interested in getting involved in the world of podcasting. Drop us a line. You can get in touch with us. Info at ng-digital.co.uk or find us on our Facebook or Twitter accounts. Uh, details on them will be coming up shortly um, I'm going to leave it on that it was quite a long show, hopefully you really enjoyed it and hopefully we'll see you again soon thank you very much and goodbye NG Meets is brought to you by NG Digital visit our website at www.ng-digital.co.uk and you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ng digital or follow us on Twitter at NGDigitalUK. Digital UK.